Hello and welcome to the October Flow podcast. I can't believe the summer has just flown by. Our last uh, podcast, I think, was July time and we were about to go into summer madness. And here we are already uh, with our October podcast. As always, I'm joined by Andy. Hey, mate. Hi, Ian. How the re- was your The reason summer? the summer's flown by is because we haven't had one. <laughs> well, yeah. We're still waiting for it. <laughs> uh, well, that's true. And in fact, I think it was raining last time. We had floods the last time we recorded the podcast, if I remember rightly. And this week, it's been pretty horrendous too. Yeah. So we're still waiting for that, you know, the revival in Manchester to result in Hawaiian shorts all the way, aren't we? <laughs> it's not quite happened yet. But we're believing. It's we're still believing. worth moving here. Amen. <laughs> Uh, and uh, in this podcast, we'll have lots of news and stories from Andy, as always, but uh, we've also got some uh, new people who've joining the family this September. And so we're going to hear from Billy and from Jamie and just what they're here to do. And uh, really exciting to hear not only their sort of what God's done in their life so far, they've got some great stories, but also what we're hoping God's going to do in the future in them and through them. But, um, Summer, shall we start there, mate? Yeah. Where have you been? You were in lots of festivals and different things. Yeah. Uh, well, I did a uh, couple of weeks at New Wine, down at New Wine South, doing a morning um, Bible thing, like an yes. impact venue. Uh, they called it Hungry. So what, what that was, was like, that venue like? What was yeah, it about? It was a bit, the last few years, we've helped New Wine North launch a venue called Impact, which yes. is an adult celebration venue, but much more... Uh, multimedia interactive more focused on urban communities so new wine south were doing something similar it was great mm. loved it and um the team who led it as well were they weren't on an eden team but they were just doing eden they were yeah. people who moved in deliberately helen shannon fantastic vicar so we loved it and it was all people from her church who'd been you know come to christ from mostly from difficult places and got great testimony so i loved it and and uh, yeah, it was a real privilege. Loved that. New Wine South. Oh, and I'll tell you what happened that was good. Michelle also shared for the first time oh, about right. her accident, which was really impacting, actually, mm. on me and lots of other people. So she was praying with lots of other people. But the morning she was sharing, there was a family in the venue who in the afternoon went out for a walk in the Cheddar Gorge and their 11-year-old boy fell like 60 feet oh down the mountain, smashed all his face in, had to be airlifted off the mountain. I mean, it was on the BBC News that night. Yeah. It might have even been the first item on the local news. And uh, it was looked really bad, looked like he was brain damaged and the whole thing. And uh, all New Wine was praying for this young lad. Uh, but the family said, because they'd heard Michelle share mm. about what happened in Bangkok, yeah. they had this incredible sense of peace. Hmm. that god and actually the boy you know he, he broke his tooth and had some stitches and but actually was fine yeah you know he was yeah, nothing yeah. like it looked like at the time very very bleak and so that was kind of nice yeah that we really yeah. started to see god using all the traumas that me and michelle went through in the spring so that was cool then we did new Wine north um and a couple of soul survivors I had a week on a yacht believe it or not <laughs> one of our lovely supporters who's uh Got this beautiful yacht in Turkey, so we spent a week there, and that was pretty much my summer done. And as always, I mean, it's so exciting, just and almost to the point where you shouldn't, but you you almost 
slightly take it for granted, don't you, when you're at places like Soul Survivor and New Wine, where you're literally seeing hundreds of people become Christians, hundreds mm. kind of getting set free from various things, and yeah. you're praying for people all the time, and you you almost forget that, you know, this this is incredible. This is totally yeah. life-changing. It's like, oh, there they go. Yeah. That's, a, that's I mean, another this, load that got saved tonight and all that yeah. stuff. But it's beautiful, isn't it? Yeah. This this church that so many people think is so noddy and irrelevant and tiny, it's yeah. not. Yeah. It kicks. It's amazing what God's doing. And he hasn't finished with us yet. And the fascinating thing is, that's not just the words of a kind of optimistic evangelist. The stats are saying, yeah. A, that the church has started growing again. Lots of places around the country, it's flatlining, but lots of places it's starting to grow again, including Manchester. Mm. And uh, But it's growing from a base of we're just so much more engaged. Yeah. When you lift your eyes and go to Soul Survivor, New Wine and other places, the church is is in community. We, we're not just hiding behind our four walls. We're, we're more about transformation than ever. Yes. It's like, like we've lost half our people. But it's been real pruning for growth. Yeah. Those of us that le are left, I feel, are ready to go, like, like certainly never in my lifetime, which mm. is really exciting. Mm, that's great. And then we, we kind of came back after summer and we kind of had, um, because our, our kind of organisational new year is sort of September, really, because we, we kind of do it like the schools. And, and so we have a lot of our kind of new people join us. Our new genetic course joined us. And uh, often that's a time where you spill some of the vision for the new year as well and kind yeah. of uh, help us focus again on, on, on uh, what's ahead of us. And we've had some great kind of times together. We have two prayer days and things back-to-back uh, -back during, during September. And what are your reflections on those times together? yeah we had this fantastic first week back where john kirkby came to speak to us on tuesday yeah from cap christians yeah. against poverty one of the enormous privileges with the message is that actually part of our job is praying mm. we gather every morning to pray tuesday we pull people in from all over manchester all the teams and then once a month we spend a full day the start yeah. of the year this uh, academic year september we spend two full days praying worshiping listening to vision i mean what a privilege absolutely and uh, but i wonder if we would have lasted this long if it wasn't for those days i really do certainly wonder if i would have lasted because mm. we just need those stories and that energy and that encouragement and and it, i think it takes time actually often to hear from god yeah you know there's praying and there's praying in the spirit and i often feel that the breakthrough comes after significant amount of time mm. which is why we spend a full day doing that stuff but uh john kirby came on a tuesday and he runs christians against poverty very similar journey started a little little charity in his bedroom and it's grown to be this national charity that's touching the lives of thousands but they're the best yeah uh debt counselors you know the banks are saying this and the sunday times are saying this and you know they're, they're doing the best job in terms of debt counseling for the very poor and uh, but they're also totally jesus centered and mm. they ring a bell every time anyone gets saved and yeah and they want to see that and so we had john on tuesday and we had steve chalk on thursday you know one of my great heroes but oasis have 26 academies now these school academies yeah, yeah but very christian you know they plant the church in everyone strong christian ethos guess what i have 200 and odd academy providers they're seeing the best results yeah they're the the best you know in terms of actual educational attainment 
but also the ethos of these schools, the, the improvements in every possible way you can measure it. Oasis is the best. Yeah, love that. I love it. Love that the Christian, full-on Christian debt counselling and the full-on Christian schools. And I was so charged that, well, us, as we enter this new day of being even more engaged with probation and, and fighting reintegration and, and providing jobs and ha- ha- houses for people who just mm. wouldn't have jobs and houses, yeah. as we start to do all that stuff, I believe Jesus is going to help us to get the best results. And people will get a chance to listen to those talks. As always, we try and uh, post all the various Tuesday morning talks and and prayer days and things uh, on the message podcast. So if you've not listened to those, make sure you do. But I remember one of the things Steve said, um, he was talking about how when they first began doing the academies, um, that he would get a lot of pressure from the various people in the kind of education department to really focus all their energy on sort of literacy and numeracy. You know, they're the big things. They're the things that, you know, the government are wanting to gun for and they do all this other stuff, you know. They do a lot of kind of holistic education. They're thinking about the whole person, emotional, spiritual and all that stuff. And they're saying, you need to stop doing that fluffy stuff and just focus on the on the core subjects. And that was maybe a few years ago. And then he was sharing when he was saying that they're now kind of the top of all the and academies. And he said it's the fluffy stuff that makes it yeah, work. that's it. So they say, what's the engagement? secret? You know, the people who engage with the fluffy stuff then start to, hey, the fluffy stuff, the Christian stuff, yeah. and also the creative arts and all the life yeah. stuff end up doing loads better at maths and English yeah. and reading and writing. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So that's great. So there's some, and, and just some great stories from both, both those guys, as you say, who have walked a parallel journey in lots of ways, kind of just, you know, same heart, same vision, just maybe different place or a different expression mm. of it. But, uh, so we love that. Um, and it's, it's all, as, as you say, just to reemphasize, not only is it all free on the message website, but you can post it on your Facebook or yeah. tell your friends, you know, we want to, if Steve Short's coming to speak to our team, he doesn't, do a lot of conferences now. Yeah, that's he's right. Because le- he's got 3,000 staff he's looking after with Oasis. So we get him here for a day and we've got some absolutely awesome teaching. John Kirby is one of the most inspirational people I've ever met. If you've got that for free, yeah, get it. Absolutely. Share it. It's all there on our website. So, Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also you shared some of your heart and your vision for not the next year, but probably the next 10 years. Um, and uh, we'll try and post that soon as well. But maybe you can give us a little highlight of what you were sharing. Yeah, and I think I started off by saying that uh, we, we tend to overestimate what we can achieve in a year. Mm. And because I tend to do a year, here's the vision for the next year, here's the vision I would have normally done, the vision for 2012-13 academic year. Here we go, let's give it our best shot. Yeah. We, but we overestimate. And I tend to, because I'm an optimist, but we underestimate what we can achieve in 10 years. Mm. And that is totally our testimony. When I think back to before Festival Manchester, yeah, what God's done in this city and all the new all the new life and all the growth and the season we're in now, we underestimate. So we, I was saying, well, think in 10 years time that we'll have dozens of bands and theatre companies that have been trained here and released. Mm. We'll be visiting every school in Manchester. Mm. So a real multiplication of creativity. But also in 10 years time, we'll have hundreds of Eden teams all over the world. We're setting up international hubs as well as regional hubs to cover every part of the UK. And we'll have businesses. We'll have lots of our own businesses, but we'll have associate businesses that'll be employing, you never know, thousands of people. I had a bloke in here, lovely Christian guy, 
he's really, well, he's an Irish navvy. <laughs> who came over, uh, started doing his building yeah. about 50 years ago, built a business, ended up employing thousands of people, full-on Christian, supports mm. the message. And now he's got this multi-million pound construction company. Why not do it again through our boys who are coming yeah. out of prison? Yeah. Or our girls, you know, with their different businesses. Wouldn't that be ace yeah. if we could see that yeah. happen and birthed here with us carrying our DNA? Well, we believe it's going to happen in 10 years. Brilliant. Watch this space. Absolutely. So hopefully that will be available soon. Um, and I know just whilst we're kind of talking about the opportunity to listen to podcasts and things like that, you, you've started a new teaching series as well. For the last couple of years, we've been looking at acts together as a team on those Tuesday mornings when you speak. And I'm sure a lot of their listeners have heard some of that teaching. But uh, you've started a new book. Uh, so we're, we're going uh, through Isaiah and you kind yeah. of did a bit of an introduction to that yeah again more or less every other tuesday yeah i do i do the talk on a tuesday morning and we get other people you often do it ian and you're very good mm, thank you all. and different people um but anyway i was talking about isaiah i felt isaiah was relevant for us at the moment yeah exactly particularly because isaiah is a book with different types of writing a lot of prophetic prophesying to the the nation of israel here and now you know 700 years before christ but also looking forward to when the messiah comes a lot of yeah. that prophetic stuff but also a lot of poetic stuff yeah a lot of trees clapping their hands and yeah. and all that rivers in the desert streams in the wasteland all those pictures are uh, you know poetic mm. creative thinking mm. and writing but also history yeah it's real this is what happened in the time of isaiah and king hezekiah and here's how it all worked out and yeah and I just sense that we're in a season of all those three things growing. Mm. So we're going to prophetic, we're going to hear the Lord. A lot of that will be revealing his will through the scriptures, but actually prophetic words come into this ministry yeah. and increasing creativity. You know, it, it may not be like red poetry, but it'll be hip hop and rap and all kinds of wacky yeah. things. But, you know, being more and more creative. Sometimes the church stops there, though, doesn't it? Mm. Gets the word of the Lord, keeps it all to ourselves. We're dead creative and we write all these lovely worship songs. But I don't want to stop there. I want to write history. Yeah, I want to earth the prophetic and the creative in communities, in schools and prisons and mm. tough communities. And so kind of felt like as we journey through next year, at least we'll be sticking with, uh, when I'm speaking with Isaiah, we'll see that we'll get this because so many of the prophetic words we've had about rebuilding homes with, yeah. uh, with dwellings yeah. and, and oaks of righteousness and, and rivers in the desert, streams in the wasteland, all that, loads of it. We'll have all this prophetic and we'll be inspired in our creativity mm. as we multiply bands and theatre companies, but we're not going to stop there. Get this. We're going to take this out into communities and write our own history. Mm, absolutely. And um, we're going we're gonna to be talking... Um, to billy who's the new eden yeah uh, manchester eden kind of director so he's really looking at seeing how eden can continue just to grow and thrive here in manchester and also jamie who's kind of uh head of mission development and really looking at how the church and can connect to some of the big events we do and big schools things and we've always said that we try to do these two things together yeah. of lamp on a stand big public proclamation as well as the kind of grassroots stuff um but i guess both of those things have challenges uh, yeah. and we're kind well, of seeing some of those at the moment as well i yeah. mean how can people can pray into those areas yeah. well this weekend we'll have teams who will be taking one or two people and pouring their lives and tearing their hair out and 
taking him into rehab. Yeah. And we'll have LZ7 playing at Wembley. Yeah, yeah, at the Global um, Day yeah. Prayer thing. But that's yeah. it, you know, that's it. That's yeah. our that's our tension we live with every day. But uh, do pray, because we've now taken on... Uh, you started these businesses, and we've got one or two guys who work on our events team and in our studios and who are from these from the prisons system and yeah. and and uh, we've given them jobs and it's interesting many of <laughs> most of them are doing fantastic but inevitably yeah. these people come with very broken lifetime of addictions and and, yeah. and abuse and neglect and wow we need all god's help do pray for us i mean what what it's going to be like when we've got 50 of these people employed yeah hmm. yeah <laughs> help us jesus and when they're in other countries <laughs> yeah. and other cities and all that yeah but hey but we we know it's for us and somebody's got yeah. to do it and i'm going to be you know i'm really looking forward to and because we're going to really make sure we actually get the stats on this yes okay so so the, the the way of doing reintegration and probation now results in 90 percent of these young men and women reoffending. Yeah. I totally am absolutely in faith that our model, i.e. placing them in a, in a supportive church, giving them a home, a house in the community mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. giving them a job with yeah. all the mentoring will reduce that by, uh, we'll have a tiny fraction of these people who reoffend. Yeah. I'm absolutely in faith and it'll be, we'll have to journey with them and there'll be all sorts of issues, but we're going to get there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. One thing I wanted to say about Billy, actually, I was thinking, yeah. you'll love Billy Gilvia, but in himself, he's a he's a picture of what we want to see. He's an amazing leader. You know, he's a Baptist minister who's come to join us, and he, he's led thousands to Christ. He's one of these people. Yeah. But he himself came to Christ out of utter brokenness. Mm. He was a drug addict. He was homeless. His marriage had fallen apart. And when he just joined us, I had him round for Sunday lunch, and he, he brought his two families round he had these two big strapping great lads who were like 20 and 18 mm. and then there these two tiny little ones little lad and little girl because during that period when his life became an utter train wreck and he got stuck in addiction and mm. homelessness it, his wife just couldn't stand it anymore so they got divorced mm. and then he comes to christ yeah and they come back together they get remarried and there's like these two families these two it's just a beautiful thing that only Jesus can do, and they desperately love each other, and they're both brilliant Christians, and yeah. isn't it amazing what Jesus can do? Yeah, and we're just praying that we'll see that happening in more yeah. and more people's lives, aren't and we? You, you were there, weren't you, when I interviewed John Robinson yeah. and New Wine? Yeah. Again, I just got such faith out of that. Yeah. And the thing that struck me with John, you know, I've heard his story. John Robinson used to head up our Eden Bus Ministry. He's now a, a missionary in Bangkok. Another person who's, with, especially through his writings mm-hmm. and all his testimony, Another person reached thousands, yeah, thousands definitely. of people will have come to Christ through that man's witness. And he's yeah. just a beautiful person. But John was homeless, addicted, neglected, criminal, lots of crime, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. And then, um, but then he came to Christ and a couple of Christians took him in their house. But what I hadn't remembered was that for two years, he took the mickey. Mm. He puked up all over the floor. He was a nightmare for them, but they stuck with him. And now... You know, 25 years later, he's this amazing man of God. Yeah, yeah. And the Lord himself had, you know, his disciples going back to their old lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Didn't he? And then he didn't give up on them. So people need to pray that we can persevere uh, and not give up when things get hard. And But but most of all, that those those amazing people will keep going. And yeah. We keep looking up. I mean, life that God's got for them. Yeah. Well, I, when I hear the latest story of, 
you know, some of these young offend, ex-offenders that were doing, I tend to want to get in a fetal position under the desk <laughs> and rock. But I say, I want to look up to Jesus and say, no, yeah. you can do it, Lord. Yeah, I'm going to keep believing. I'm going to slap them and bring them back in and yeah. dust them down and yeah. say, come on, go again. Yeah, great. Well, thanks as always, mate. And uh, we'll be hearing lots more, no doubt, uh, next month. And... Before I go, oh yes, the twentieth year celebration event. Yeah, it's shaping up to be an absolute landmark event. Please, whatever you do, don't turn up on the door because you won't get in. Yeah, you need to get a ticket in advance. But if you're a message support, we really want you there. And if you don't understand internet and yeah. going on trying to get the ticket on Eventbrite, just yeah. ring our office and we can happily post you on. Absolutely. So, what's the date? Just remind people of the date. 17th of November. There we go. And tickets are £5. £5. And, and uh, it's audacious in the city centre. We've got loads of legends from the past 20 years coming in from all over the world. We're going to have lots of fun and real celebration. Yeah, great. Great. Thanks, Andy. Okay. I am very excited to welcome an old friend of mine, Mr. Jamie Hill. Hey, mate. Hi. You all right? And one of the reasons I'm really excited is because Jamie no longer lives in the the kind of far reaches of the country, Cheltenham, UK, <laughs> but has now come to join us at the message here in sunny, stroke rainy Manchester. Sunny at the moment. Yeah. Which is good. So, yeah. mate, it's very exciting for me because uh, we're old friends uh, that you're now part of our team and stuff like that. Um, tell people what it is you're here to do. So my role is head of mission development and, and essentially, uh, well, working with Ian really just to, to kind of piece together the whole of our missions teams, uh, our missions focus and really, really connect it to the church in, an, in a kind of a deeper way than maybe we've always managed in the past uh, and also developing uh, our mission so that, it's, so that it, it is looking to continue the journey of discipleship for all the people that engage with us. It's sometimes, it, sometimes maybe it's just been the event or the moment and actually i think i think message as, as i've understood it is really passionate about seeing young disciples made and that that can only happen in strong partnership with the church hmm. and uh, and seeing uh, the great mission work that we do kind of get to that next level yeah so i mean i i suppose nobody listening to this podcast has ever considered this but uh perhaps others might have said oh yeah you know organizations like the message hit and run you know they go they do a school's week something like that some people get excited maybe some people put their hands up at an event um but then what happens and they don't know because they're not around to find out and that's a big part of what you're hoping to change is it that's yeah that's a big part of my passion i mean you know i love i love everything i mean again as you say no one would ever say these no. things about the message but, no, but you know it's um I, I am passionate about what it means to to not you know in the in the parable of the sower yeah the the, the seed is spread but then so often the weeds grow up and 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 we as the church have got to get better at cultivating good soil and the thing for us as messages we're not we are not a separate entity. We are the church. We are uh, just a particular arm or a particular fingernail of the church that can do certain things really, really well. And as we bed ourselves and really reconnect with the church, I think we, 
we can really begin to see that good soil cultivated. We can really begin to see these uh, young people move from great event and great moment to actually consistent walking relationship with Jesus. And and for me, I think that the message does the event stuff great and has a heart to see this other piece happen. And, uh, and I think we're going to see some great stuff. So um, you've only been here literally a few weeks. So, so what were you doing beforehand? So before, how far do you want to go back? Well, I mean, I'm, I'm I not young, am I? So, no. uh, well, where, where, who were you working for before the message? Let's okay. start there. So before the message, I was working for uh, another uh, charity called the Bible Society. Uh, so Bible Society had been around about 200 years, started by William Wilberforce with this dream that the truth of the Bible would continue to shape and craft our culture, our society. And, uh, and Bible Society was born. And 200 years later, there's 140-something Bible Societies around the world all working to do that very thing in many different ways, obviously different situations mm. and cultures. And, and for some, it's still translation. For some, it's putting, you know, doing loads of crazy things to get the Bible into the public square, to get the Bible at, out of the church sometimes and into the culture, shaping the culture. Uh, but for some, it's still getting the Bible in the first place. <laughs> so... And I know one of the things Andy has often said, even I know he said that even when in the days of the tribe and they were kind of uh, just about to go on stage somewhere or whatever, he would say, we're not musicians, we're Bible preaching evangelists. That's mm-hmm. one of the things that I know he, he still passionately will say to us as a team and things like that. So I guess there's a connection there for you, this thing of your love for the Bible and, and then this kind of idea of evangelism and, and mission that uh, perhaps has been worked out in a slightly different way here, but it's the same heartbeat. Yeah, definitely. And, and certainly my, uh, my role, which I probably didn't mention, did I? <laughs> but I was heading up the youth and student engagement for Bible Society in this country. So it was looking at, uh, at what, how do we engage young people in and outside the church with the, with the truth of the Bible? And I remember hearing Andy uh, speak at the um, National Prayer Breakfast a couple of years ago and, and basically he stood up in Westminster and said two things he said the Bible works and Jesus works and for me that's in one sense it's no different to what I've just been looking to do because it was mm. about reconnecting or connecting young people maybe for the first time to the story of scripture our story the place we find ourselves and the, the place where the hero steps into that story and mm. transforms us and tells us there's a different story to live in so i it, it, for me it connects perfectly with everything i, I think i'm <laughs> i'm about to sort of start doing with you and stuff yeah. message great and now some people might have heard uh jamie hill um that that name rings a bell isn't isn't he from some Billy rock band or something like that uh, in the distant past. Are you that same Jamie Hill? Uh, well, I, I take offence at the term Hillbilly rock band, <laughs> but uh, um, I, I've, I've, I've been around a bit, shall we say, in the yeah. music scene. Yeah. So, uh, man, when I was very, very young, I was in a Youth for Christ band uh, called TVB. Yes. So sort of toured around England and Europe doing schools missions week in, week out. Uh, then I was part of a of a of a fun folk band called Y, which may be where the hillbilly reference comes from. Um, and my surname's Hill, that could be it as well, I don't know. But uh, So yeah, uh, it was part of Y for a good few years, and then was part of a rock band called Quench. Uh, and I've also played with wonderful people like Andy Flanagan and, and lots of others. And so yeah, I've been around, around a bit and also recorded a worship album uh, a few years ago as well. And is music still part of what you do and passionate for? It'll always be part of what yeah. I do. I mean, I mean, I've got, I've got the great privilege of working with 
you know, people like Tim Owen as, as he develops 1224 and Malachi and all these guys, you know, who I just think are fantastic. So, so I, I don't think I'll be jumping into one of the school's bands anytime soon. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but no, music's still a huge part of what I do. I still, I, I'm passionately believe that God's stirring up some new stuff, particularly in, in the realms of worship and things like that, that, that I'm sort of developing a little bit. And, um, and I, and I love to write worship for a congregation. I love to, to write the songs that God is stirring for a group of people at a particular time. Mm. Uh, it's really exciting. So it'll always be part of what I do. It's what God first called me to, uh, well, aside from being his son, of course. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but it's the first kind of thing that he really said, this is what I want for you. Mm. Um, and I still feel that there's, there's stuff to do there. So, yeah. And um, um, maybe you, you can't articulate it yet because it's still early days. But I mean, do you do you think you've got a sense of, uh, you know, a dream of what you'd love to see happen in terms of whether it's, you know, what you'd love a young person to become? You know, some young person who currently doesn't know anything about Jesus and is going to a school somewhere uh, or or it could be something else. But have, have you got a sense of what that looks like yet? Do you know what you're kind of really hoping god will be doing here i think that um you know with the message has been around for 20 years and the investment that's gone into this area is phenomenal and, and i and i sense that you know i, I really it, it's incredible um I, I think i think part of my dream would be to see that realized more i, I think for some people maybe uh, they're so used to it uh, i mean uh, some of the places i've lived you know would dream about something like the message or, or a group that that was so passionate so engaged and so focused in seeing the gospel come in different areas and some tough areas you know they would love it um so i'd love to see the church kind of kind of i'm sure loads of them get it already but almost rediscover that get uh, re- get re-energized by that mm. uh, greater church partnerships and that we would be able to train develop and stand with the youth pastors the youth leaders as as we see these young people really begin to take faith seriously to the point where they become the evangelist this you know we this gospel that we're called into is missional and its very heartbeat is missional it's god has been on a mission since day one of of consistent outward focused love all through the, the through the community of the trinity and we're welcomed into that and if we if young people could start to grasp that then it's not like i have to learn to become a christian and then i have to learn how to do mission no it's just the natural flow of this amazing relationship we're called mm. into mm. Uh, that's what i'd love to see i'd love i'd love young people to grasp who this god is grasp the invitation of family that they're brought into and then that be the natural overflow of their heart that just makes everything else begin to shift to see them run in their own groups in their own schools see them you know just see them be the missionaries it, I, I think i think we our best possible drive has to be seeing young people do it for themselves, inspiring a generation, uh, mm. generation good buzzword, but, you know, inspiring a group of young people to really go for it and really see stuff happen themselves. Yeah, that's great. And you you um, are here, but your family aren't here at the moment, so your wife and little girl are still in Cheltenham at the moment. Um, a lot of the people who listen to the Flow podcast are you know people who are praying and people who are supporting the message is there anything specific people can be praying about in that whole area and just for you as a family right now yeah i you know what i'm totally incomplete without them here and um and uh 
yeah i'm feeling that so mm. i would love prayer for us for for myself for, for my lovely wife naomi uh, and for for our little daughter talitha um that you know she's uh, nays having to take care of her on her own you know during the weeks and 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 it's really hard and bump uh, bombing up and down the motorway is not so good either so mm. um you know so we would really value your prayers that uh, our house in cheltenham gets sold uh, if you feel called to go and live in cheltenham I've, i feel the lord may be confirming that <laughs> and uh, and there's a house that we can sort you out with so let's chat uh, but but w- please pray that it would shift really quickly that we could come up here and we could start building the life that we know god has called us to and what would you say right now is the big prayer need for you in terms of the work as you kind of try you land in this new city massive task ahead of you uh desperate to see churches kind of connecting in new ways and and seeing discipleship happen in in fresh ways what what is the first thing on the list that you need to see god do well it's funny that a few people have been have been praying for me at different times over the last few weeks and this word seems to has come at least three times as people have prayed for me and it's the word acceleration uh, so, and that means, uh, you know, obviously that sits in every every area, really. I mean, it is, you come into a fresh landscape and you're having to pick up, you know, try and understand where stuff is now. You're having to, have to understand history, you're having to, you know, and, and, and still be able to dream for the future, not get caught into, well, this is just the way it is sort of mentality. So, mm. so, uh, so that, ex- that sense of acceleration, acceleration for me in relationship primarily, um, everything that we're looking at doing has got to be, got to be really deeply embedded into relationship. Um, so the right people, the right connections, the right, you know, with, with every church that I can just make those connections, begin to plant those things, begin to dream together and serve together with the churches that, to see uh, some great stuff happen. So real acceleration in relationship, really. Great, mate. Thanks so much for giving us a little bit of insight. No doubt we will um, have you back again real soon and find out what's been happening and hear some of the good news stories and all that sort of stuff. Do pray for Jamie, particularly, as I said, pray for his family as well, for, for Nay and for Tilly and for this house to sell. Amen. Amen. Great. Thanks, mate. Well, as promised, uh, we now have Billy here. And uh, Billy, we, Andy was talking a little bit about you earlier on. You'll have to listen to the podcast yourself to find out whether it was nice or not. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, also we've had Jamie, who's sorts who we found out is new to the city he's yeah. coming to do stuff with our bands and our kind of our proclamational <clears throat> stuff mm. um and we've already said the message does two things in lots of ways that kind of lamp on a stand mm. you know bands jumping around trying to preach the gospel to as many people as possible also of course this grassroots yeah. living long term and that's that's you in it that's your heart eden you're here to do eden and that long-term stuff that's, That's right. a little bit about when, how you first heard about Eden, perhaps, and how you ended up here. Mm. I, I guess I've always observed Eden from a distance. Yeah. I think, uh, like most people over the last sort of 10, 15 years, I've, I've watched with great interest. And uh, it's never been too far away from uh, church news. And it's always mm. been good news as well, as far as I can remember. I remember actually hearing Andy for the first time, Soul Survivor, when I first became a Christian must have been 2001 yeah uh, 2000 yeah 2001 stroke two um and i remember listening to andy for the first time his passion for the city um uh, for the eden projects you know the call to the city to the streets and 
I remember thinking then, oh, this is pretty radical. This is, you know, this is where I want to be, actually. This is what I want to do. But at that time, I had just begun, 2002, 2003, I'd just begun uh, studying theology at Spurgeon's, mm. uh, which was completely the opposite from a call <laughs> to the streets in hardcore revolution in Manchester and the, the doctrine of God and ethics of humanness. And <laughs> it's like, kill me now, you know. Uh, so you went to Spurgeon's, yeah, became yeah. a Baptist minister mm. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, in, um, um, in Guernsey. Right. And uh, and I was working as well as a, a prison chaplain okay. in Guernsey. And uh, before that, uh, I was studying at Spurgeon's, but, but uh, working as a minister in training uh, in Gillingham, Kent. Right. And so I was also then working at uh, Rochester Young Offenders Institute as a chaplain there. So, uh, yeah, we've moved around a little bit over the last few years. But that's kind of what I've done all my life anyway, to be honest. I've, mm. I've always been in transit. I don't know. Apart from my accent, which is a big clue to where I've uh, <laughs> I've located it at one point in my life, I I just really don't know what I am. I I was born in Africa, you see. I was okay. born in the Congo. Yeah, parents were missionaries, and then we came back to Scotland. And I, but I was only there for you know, sort of t- ten, twelve years, and then and then I left. I joined the army, and then you know I've never gone back really, except mm-hmm. when my parents have summoned me. <laughs> and uh, so I moved around a lot, yeah, yeah. And you've been in Manchester for how long? Yeah, we've been here for uh, two months now. Okay. Mm, mm. And why why would you leave Guernsey? Mm. Nice place that it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, nice. At least the weather's a bit better, at the very yeah. least. Uh, to come here. You know, mm. why not just admire mm. kind of the passion from afar like you had done for a long time? And why do, and you were doing great stuff where you were? What, what I think, uh, I think that, uh, well, first of all, the uh, novelty of Guernsey wears off after about uh, two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I did five years and, uh, yeah. you know, you kind of get over that. Uh, this is a nice area to live in. It's very small, seven by three, and uh, you can only yeah. go so far on an yeah. island that size. And uh, as a missionary, as an evangelist, you know, that, that, that was limiting. So I had the opportunity to get off the island and I, I went away with um, uh, Alpha teams, the GAT teams uh, with HTB, uh, with Alpha for forces because I was ex-soldier mm. and uh, Alpha for prison. So I, that was my kind of connection to kind of mission. And uh, uh, But then uh, Manchester came up because I'd finished five years in Guernsey. Uh, you, you, my license is up. You have a you have a license to work there. Okay. So essentially, I was kicked off. But, uh, but uh, we could have stayed. I mean, uh, but it was time to go for the sake of the children. And um, uh, Jay John uh, uh, had said to me uh, when I was looking to leave, um, he said, "Look, you've got to get to Manchester." And one of the associates is an evangelist mm. with Philo Trust, and he said, "You've got to get to Manchester. Partly, this is where God's doing a lot of amazing things and stuff." And uh, in fact, you said it's where it's happening. Um, and, <laughs> Thanks, uh, Jay John. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and uh, so I, I just uh, sort of contacted my f- my friend Anthony Delaney at Ivy Church, and uh, I, I came over a year ago. You know, shared my testimony, and uh, Andy was in the sort of congregation. He's a member of Ivy. Mm. We had lunch that day. Uh, he said it'd be great if you could consider the message i had been watching from afar as i said over mm. the years i thought this is an exciting uh, kind of ministry to be part of uh, quite radical and uh, yeah over a period of a few months we thought about it then the regional director job came up for Eden, and um, and here we are yeah mm. so 
regional director what 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 does that mean in your mind what are you hoping to what's your dream for the next year or so in terms of mm. this region manchester where, yeah, where manchester. eden started but obviously it's yeah. been spreading mm. what what are you hoping is going to happen here in manchester with eden well uh, i'd i'd like i'd like to well, I, as Andy would as well, I'd like to see Eden grow here in Manchester. Uh, initially, it's very important that, first and foremost, that the relationships that we have one to another, uh, the various teams have a distinct DNA, as you know, and uh, every team is different. But I, I'd like us to be um, uh, working as, as closely as possible. So relationship is key. Certainly for me as a regional director, I need to know the guys that I'm working with. And, and, mm. and then... By getting to know them, I'll start to understand uh, better uh, what it is I can do uh, uh, for them locally. But uh, it's, there's also something about raising the profile, raising the bar. Andy's always going on about you've got to raise the bar and keep Manchester hot, yeah. understanding this is where it all began. Uh, and, and they want this to be the flagship uh, of, of, of Eden. So it's quite a, it's quite a, quite a big... Uh, it's quite a big task, really, and uh, I don't want to blow this one. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the moment, how many Eden teams are there in in Manchester? Yeah, we got we got seven active okay. at the moment. Yeah, um, and and has Matt, who's your boss yeah. uh, and he's the director of Eden, has yeah. he kind of set you a goal for new teams in Manchester? He, whilst we're still trying to grow, <laughs> yeah, nationally um, and internationally, <laughs> is there still a hope to see more teams starting here? Yeah, there is. Uh, not, figures wise, uh, nothing specific. Yeah, but they'd like to see. I, I mean, tomorrow I'm off to have a look at potential in Partington. Right. And uh, but yeah, they would like to see a few more in in in, in Manchester. And, and I think it's fair to say we've got to, we've got to really look at recruiting. I mean, I think it's it's fair to say with the packs that are sent out and the amount of people that respond, it doesn't really match. Yeah. And uh, so we've got we've got to address that and really yeah. um, really start to to look at the recruiting and uh, because I think we've got the resources, but we just don't seem to have enough manpower. Mm. To, to match the vision so it's important that we get it in balance and so there's a lot there's lots of churches mm. lots of need that yeah. want in terms of there's lots of need we know that mm. but there's also churches that are saying we want to do something about this but we're mm. needing those those people to come as a mm. kind of urban missionaries and yeah. come and live in in those areas and Absolutely. serve and stuff mm. and your story i mean mm. andy mentioned a little bit about uh when he first came to mm. get to know you and, and when you first moved to, to mm. Manchester, you came, you went round and you brought mm. your kind of two, two kind of families, as he called yeah, it, yeah. you know, your, yeah. your older lads yeah. uh, mm. and, and your younger kids. And he mm. talked about how that was in, in lots of ways, a little mm. bit of a kind of indication of, mm. I guess, the restoration that God, God did in yeah. your life. And yeah. stuff. tell us a little bit about your journey and, and how that's going to connect, mm. I guess, with mm. lots of people who are on the Eden estates and things like that. Yeah, hopefully it will in different levels. I mean, uh, just a very brief snapshot, uh, as I explained, you know, I was born in Africa, Congo, Christian parents. Uh, we moved back to Scotland when I was young. Uh, I rejected the gospel, um, although I knew the Bible. My dad made me memorize a verse a week. And, right. uh, you know, if I didn't remember that verse, I didn't get pocket money. So <laughs> financially, it was in my interest to learn <laughs> scripture. And uh, so I knew the story, actually. I, I would yeah. say it's probably knew it better then than I do now. And, uh, uh, but I didn't uh, believe there was any God connected to it and uh, or higher power, and so I I I 
turn my back on that, left home. I joined the army at 16. I had a good army career. Uh, I was promoted quickly. I was put forward uh, um, for my commission to become mm. an officer, British Army. Uh, during that time, I met my wife-to-be, Bev. Mm. Uh, she was a serving uh, soldier, uh, WREC, Women's Royal Army Corps, full corporal. She left uh, because uh, it wasn't a done thing for a junior rank to marry an officer. And okay. uh, so she gave up her career uh, to follow mine. Uh, but then in a, uh, through me falling in love with Bev, my head changed slightly. Love kind of does that to you. It's amazing, actually, how powerful love can be and how destructive it can be as well if it's not handled carefully. And uh, uh, it's like a ticking bomb. But uh, And for me, it was at that time. My head just got a bit messed up. I decided to leave the army uh, after Bev giving her career up and so on. And we were due to get married. I, I called the wedding off. Then it was back on. It was just a whole nightmare. And uh, we moved to London. I was working for a company called Music and Art Security, looking after celebrities in the film music industry. I went on tour with a couple of ma major bands at the time. I take that was a big one at the time. And uh, you too for a little while too. And uh, and some film set. I did Mel Gibson, Man Without a Face, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. for a while. But at the centre of that, I got caught up in this kind of real head. It's a hedonistic world, you know. Anything goes in that. Yeah. And uh, I got caught up in the kind of uh, the whole sex, drugs, rock and roll thing, and uh, um, I started to use drugs recreationally. But long story very short, I ended up a drug addict, heroin yeah. addict, and uh, Bev divorced me. I had we had two sons during this time, uh, Jordan and Jack. She left, went back to Wales. I lost my job. I lost the house. Lost lost them, lost everything. Uh, I attempted to take my life. Um, uh, this is a whistle-stop tour. I ended up in an intensive care unit. My parents were called uh, as I came out of the coma. My mother was there and she said, we've been praying for you for 30 years. God hasn't given up on you. He still loves you. Jesus died for you. And he's told us that one day you're going to preach the gospel. Uh, at that point, they put me into psychiatric hospital for detox, then into rehab. I came out after a few months, back to Bev. She took me back out of self-pity, really, and for the sake of my boys, not remarried, just took mm. me in. Within a few months, though, I was back on the gear. And uh, actually, within a year, I was facing, I was on remand, I was facing a prison sentence for uh, GBH Section 20. Complete disaster after disaster. They moved me on to a halfway house on a farm, working dairy farm in South Wales in Baysleg. Uh, it turns out this farm was run by this old Christian. I walked into the farm kitchen and I had Jesus is alive and God is love and all these Bible verses on the, around the thing. I, I thought, well, you know, what's this? And the, the fellow that took me into the farm kitchen said, it's Nancy, the lady, you know, she, she owns a farm. Her son's run it. She's a Christian, but she won't trouble you, you know. Mm. <laughs> what a liar he was, you know. He, she was like one of these crazy Christians that just loved Jesus big time. And it turned out the farm was used for Alpha Holy Spirit days and churches used it for retreats and ministers stayed there and everybody that came through that farm was told about you know Nancy would tell them about me so they were praying for me I just had no chance really on the 6th of December 2000 I had an encounter that changed my life forever and um uh, Nancy was doing her housework and she had all the farm brass on the table uh, and uh, she had a brass kettle which I've got now as a gift and uh, it was early in the morning about 6 30 and she it was covered in brass polish really dirty uh, but she got a rag and she started to rub this pot and it came up sparkling clean at that moment 
uh, it was as though I had somebody say, Billy, this is your life. And I was watching this pot come up sparkling clean. And, and then I saw a picture of a flannel graph in my head, a flannel graph story about the black heart being sin. My mum used to do these Bible club flannel graphs. The black mm. heart is sin. The red cross is Jesus dying on the cross. And the, then the white heart is if you give it to him, you can get it clean again. And then all these verses I memorized as a child came flooding back. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. How come you may have life and have it all its fullness? Flooding back. And then... Um, uh, I just at that moment realised that actually perhaps that was a spiritual encounter there was a God who showed me that my life was a mess at that point because mm. I had turned my back on him as a child but I could get it clean again that morning I, I was in a back garden in Bridgend, South Wales I looked up to the sky and it was my moment of surrender I was in tears I was in just all over the place I said God if that was you and you everything that mum and dad say you are you got to help me i got nothing left and um at that moment, I just started to feel an amazing change internally, physically. I started to feel really warm. It was December, it was freezing, but inside I started really warm, like nothing drugs had given me. And happy, satisfied. My life was a mess in that garden, but yeah, I felt as though it was going to be okay. I knew I had encountered God. My friends looked at my face and thought I had done a pill. Mm. And uh, such was the change in my face. And that day I said, not only can I feel you, but these people can see you. Jesus, thank you. I know you're alive. I phoned my parents that night. I got back to the farm, told them, gave my heart to Jesus. Four months later, I was baptized in my local church, a Baptist church. Bev, my ex-wife, came with my sons. My parents came from Scotland. And uh, I shared my testimony that night, that night uh, at my baptism. Bev got saved. And uh, the next day she phoned me and said, last night God told me, uh, that I can love you again. Mm. And uh, so we, we started dating, and a year later we remarried on the right. farm that right. I was going to end it all in. And from then we were called into ministry, and uh, the rest is history, yeah. That's amazing. Mm. And I just, you know, we're praying for you, mate, and we're mm. one of the things that we're praying is that, yeah, you're going to see loads of growth with Eden mm. and loads mm. of multiplication and, mm. and you're going to do a great job as, as you know, the regional director. But we're just praying that also you're just going to see loads of young lives mm. turn around and mm. just as you, as you mm. share the gospel, as you mm. have just now, that mm. that's going to mm. impact people in the way that it's impacted you yeah. and that we're going to see massive change and transformation because that's what it's all about. Come on. Yeah, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much uh, for Pleasure. sharing. And, Pleasure. Um, just maybe one thing that people could pray for that as you start your new life, your new city, mm. family, all that stuff, probably lots going on right now, whether it's personal mm. or kind of uh, work based. Just maybe one thing guys could be praying for you right now that, that we would form good relationships yeah. as a family. Yeah. And also in the context of work. Yeah. I think this is a season of relationship forming for us. For my wife in particular, she's yeah. a bit lonely and so on. So good relationships for us as a family, for the children, for my wife, for me. Mm. And then in the context of work, that I form good relationships with you Great. guys and everyone that I'm working with. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Thanks for joining much. us, mate. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank and you. as always, if you want to find out more about the message, you can do by visiting our website, which is message.org.uk. Remember, listen out for those uh, podcasts we were talking about earlier, some of the teaching podcasts. That's a separate podcast, but you can find out about that from the website as well. And uh, hopefully you'll be listening to some more stories uh, to encourage and inspire you next month. Thanks a lot for listening. <laughs>